Macworld Podcast number 352 for Wednesday, April 24th, 2013. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Philip Michaels. My voice is raw and and strained from screaming at my broker to sell, sell, sell Apple stock because that's the topic of today's uh, Macworld podcast. We're talking Apple earnings. And joining me in the um, in the Macworld podcast is Dan Morin. Hello, Dan Morin. Hi, Phil. And hey, stranger, it's editorial director Jason Snell. I don't know why I'm here to talk about your broker. I don't know why you're here either. <laughs> so, very strange. So instead of talking about my broker, let's talk about Apple. And um, fair enough. And it's appropriate you're here, Jason, because I think you were um, you were with MacWorld the last time Apple was doomed. Uh, yeah, I was. <laughs> and so I guess my my first question to you: <laughs> How doomed is Apple? Should we? Are, should, is Michael Spindler like lurking around, <laughs> warming the, up in the, the bullpen, the Cupertino campus, checking out <laughs> the the corner office? Are we are we back to the crazy product grids or the clones coming back, Jason? <laughs> so uh, set the stage for us, old man. <laughs> I was going to build in back in the day. Now, um, as I do, I, I watch I watch uh, CNBC for about twenty minutes a year, and it's the five minutes before the Apple release of earnings comes out once a quarter because they do get those numbers pretty fast. And also, in the meantime, I get to watch what the mainstream media is saying about Apple. And um, this was actually hilarious because Gene Munster, the analyst, was on there who basically said Apple is going to be terrible. Get ready for terrible numbers. I believe this is Piper Jaffrey's yes. uh, Gene Munster. And he is the one who is the Don Quixote of the Apple television who believes there will be a television set and has been saying so for like the last 10 years. It's his great pumpkin. It yes. Is. <laughs> Sooner or later, he will be right. It could Sooner happen. Sooner or later. Sure. I mean, and then he'll, he's going to say, in your face, losers, just like that right. guy who said there was going to be an Apple phone in 1993. <laughs> he, got, he was right eventually. Sure. It's just a matter uh, of time scales. So there was an analyst on there, though, who – and I, I didn't get his name, but he was uh, – somebody said to him, uh, Maria Bartriomo or however you pronounce her Bar- name. Bartolomo. Bartolomo. Okay, sure. Maria, we call her. Maria CNBC mm-hmm. said, what's wrong with Apple and uh, in her serious way. And the guy said, Wall Street's wrong with Apple. Apple's fine. <laughs> Wall Street's the one with the problem. And so I would say to you, something weird is going on here with the Apple stock. And, you know, we are not a financial organization here. We cover technology. And I feel like there are two stories here that are almost happening in opposition. And one is Apple's products and its success in making money. And then there's the value of it on the stock market or as an investment. And this is the time every year where we get asked questions in our live blog yesterday and on Twitter and places like that about Apple as an investment. And what I have to say is, first off, we're not even allowed to invest in technology stocks, let alone Apple. Yes, right? the joke about my broker at the beginning was was just a... Yes. I, I don't own You're anything. Uh, and and, and and we don't and and you know our our expertise is not in providing investment advice. We we write about technology products. Now we cover Apple's financials because it's interesting as a way to look at what Apple's doing and how healthy it is. But it's not the uh, it's not the uh, the same as uh, as ga- gauging it as an investment. So I would say you know yeah this, these is Apple Doom questions. If you look at the stock, it, it's lost all this value. If you look at its sales figures, it's uh, it's doing great the the amount of money that apple is making is still billions of dollars billions and billions and billions of dollars 
to quote well, and, and Carl it's Sagan. always a moving target for them too because I remember a couple of years ago the big thing was why is Apple sitting on all these hundred, this hundred billion dollars worth in cash why don't they do something with it and you know then they announced last year that they were going to start issuing dividends and buying back shares which they have now hugely increased so now that we've dealt with that problem the analysts have to move on to their next complaint <laughs> well if I uh, if I can put on my my old dusty. Uh, financial reporter hat yes you you actually used I, to cover i used to do this thing yes. for a living long in the in the before time back when apple was doomed the first time yeah a good time and um uh, wall street investors uh and this is an oversimplification but they're looking for growth opportunities and specifically right. looking for earnings growth and the fact of the matter is when you're a company that brings in uh uh 43.6 billion dollars in what's really kind of a slow quarter for you there is not a lot of room not for a growth. lot of room for growth uh, apple has reached the stage in in a company's life where it's it's a behemoth and uh right. it, it's where you go and and you park your money cuz it's a safe pair of hands and this is why stock prices are not the same as as uh as whether a company is healthy because right. it has to do with the investment look, outlook of these of people who want to put in money and have it grow. So so there's a false equivalency there. Right. And that extends then to how media the media covers Apple. Mm-hmm. There, there's a whole – I read a story this morning that, that tried to spin in my local newspaper, tried to spin the Apple numbers in the most negative way possible even though they were actually really quite positive. Even the people who were saying they were going to be bad said, well, actually, they weren't bad. Maybe the next quarter will be bad, but this one is not. Um, and, and, they, and But they kind of conflate the story of the stock. Oh, it's one of the worst performing stocks of the year and it's under pressure from competition from Samsung. And it's like, the what? That, that those are not uh, – you know, they're just – but, uh, you know, it's complicated and so you try to tell a story and this is a narrative to – you know, about Apple kind of falling apart. But if you look at the numbers, Apple's not falling apart. Apple's not doomed. I believe somebody calculated that if Apple just sat on its cash hoard and did nothing and sold no products and made no money, um, it could survive on its cash for a decade. So it's not doomed. That's not to say there aren't concerns about its competitiveness, but but you look at the the numbers, and I hope we can dive into them here pretty soon. Um, and Apple's doing pretty well, you know, despite all the talk about oh, Samsung is really coming on, and Apple's losing out to Android. If you look at the money Apple is making and the growth it has in some markets, Apple's doing a pretty good job. That segues perfectly into me uh, talking about the numbers, uh, for which for the quarter were forty three point six billion dollars in revenue. That was up eleven percent from the March quarter a year ago, uh, and we'll talk about that March quarter, I'm sure, in depth. The two thousand twelve one, uh, the the eye catching thing was uh, Apple's net income, which was $9.5 billion, and that was down uh, from $11.6 billion in the year-ago quarter. I right. think that's a, a drop of 18%. My math might be off there. Um, and uh, iPod, I, iPad sales up hugely, iPhone sales up a little bit in terms of unit sales, Mac sales kind of flat, a little bit less than, than a year ago. Essentially flat. Yeah, and, uh, and that's sort of the 
that's sort of Apple's financial picture in about 15 seconds of your life. And uh, the guidance for the next quarter is between 33.5 and 35.5 billion in revenue, which would put it flat with um, what it did in the third quarter of 2012. Although Apple notoriously lowballs what it's going to. Uh, yeah. Although they said, although I they think, claim they no longer do that. They, and, they, yes. uh, they claim a lot of things. <laughs> Anyhow, well, I mean, and they, they, I mean, you know, the bigger part of that being, of course, they've changed what they forecast. Right? They forecast sure. revenues. They no longer forecast their earnings. Right. Um, which does mean there's a little more room to play there for the analysts who want to, you know come up conjecture based on what they think they'll make. So now that we've gone over just the the, the rough figures, what are the what are the positives that we see in, in that performance? Well the positives include they sold a, a ton of iPads, right? I mean like that's the that's the big thing, right? They yeah. they sold nineteen what million? Almost getting pretty close to twenty million there. I mean that's yeah. that's pretty close to last quarter, which was a holiday quarter if I yeah. or, sorry, last quarter was the Apple is on a Apple is on a September financial right, year. Their it's financial year ends in September, so that can throw off this first quarter, second quarter business. But yes, right. the first quarter of the year is the holiday quarter. So and, yeah. and they move what about according to our charts about twenty three million iPads last quarter. So that's that's pretty close. Um, and a lot of that obviously was chalked up to the iPad Mini, I think, because they Tim Cook said they were able to finally start delivering those right. uh, in the quantities in which you know people were ordering them. They were they were a little short on supply for a while there. Um, but the problem, I mean, the difficulty there, the challenge is that the iPad mini is obviously a lot less profitable for Apple because yeah, they're, it's not they're just shaving cheaper. it much closer. It's a lower margin product. And this is the, one of those amazing kind of Apple narrative dichotomies that you see, which is uh, we have simultaneously them railing on Apple for not having enough products in the market and saying, well, you know, you need to compete with Samsung. You need a, you need a, you know more products. You need a smaller iPad. You need a bigger iPhone. You need all this stuff. But, oh, don't let your margin erode. So, it, which is, I mean, Apple with the iPad Mini made a decision that I think is turning out to be a really good decision for a really great product, um, and it it worked. They sold a lot of them, but their margins went down. Their profit margin went down because they're not making as much on the iPad Mini. So, you know, it's it, that's the line Apple has always walked: is they want to be profitable. You know, they don't want to seed you know seed the market because they're going to give up portions of market share. Apple's willing to give up some market share, but it doesn't want to give up market share that it finds valuable. And so, with the iPad Mini, it made a decision to go down that path of of uh, creating a successful product that might be a little less uh, profitable in the short term. And and so that's where we are, and that's why the revenues are up and the profits are down a little bit year over year. Is is that I mean that's the reason is that the margins are less. Right, and the the iPhone sales also did very well this past quarter. Very um, well, very well. I mean, thirty seven point four million is a lot, and considering much more. <laughs> considering you haven't come yeah. out with a new phone for for a bit, yeah, yeah that's a year over year increase, and uh, and it, it, it's uh, I think if I'm doing my math right here, it's the second largest iPhone sales quarter ever. Only uh, only last quarter, which right. was Again, which holiday. was holiday quarter, and and had the iPhone five iPhone five release, you know, yeah. was really sort of yeah the big highlight there. And I mean, and more to the point, you know, we're talking. Phil mentioned they hadn't released an iPhone in a while. More to the point, Apple hasn't released anything in this quarter. <laughs> anything, literally, the only thing I looked through our through our records, the only things <laughs> I could find are the 128 gig iPad, and there was there was an under the hood upgrade to the Apple TV that was not even like a substantial like literally they changed a chip in it, like and didn't tell anybody so i mean between yeah. those two things somehow yeah. they still sold you know tens of millions of and, products and i should point out i didn't mention this when going over the numbers that um that 
revenue total for the quarter was a record for the March quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the doom. most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's doom right there. Yeah, their profits were down year over year. Although there's, there's a that's a weird aberration. If you look at the second quarter profits historically, and I posted something on Twitter the other or yesterday about it. Um, the uh, that that is, if you take out last year's second quarter. Uh, the second quarter revenue growth is actually steady, but last year's or, or profit growth. But last year's profit was cr- second quarter profit was crazy. The second quarter of 2012 was was what we call an outlier. Yeah, it in the was business. definitely an outlier. So people are freaking out about how there's the year over year profit drop from App- Apple for the first time in a long time. But it's looking to me like. Um, it's actually in line with the path that was happening in previous years, and that that second quarter was just an aberration. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it was, you know, this puts the lie to the the whole concept that uh, Apple has to release a product to drive sales because Apple has done a very good job of spreading sales out, and maybe some of that is a failure to fulfill all the demand that they've got because that's a constant on the call is them regrets about their supply chain this and time. In, and in fact, <laughs> yeah. that was something Tim Cook mentioned in the he had a melancholy yeah, moment, a little <laughs> little little wistful. <laughs> Oh, we should have held that iMac. Yeah, well, the iMac was a mistake, right? Because yeah. they announced it in what? December? October. Uh, no, no, October. Oh, oh right. October. It shipped in December. And they couldn't ship it until December. And in right. fact, the big one didn't ship until the very end of December. And the and the little one shipped right well, before Christmas. Like, And they and neither of them was, were in any sort of quantity right. until the, after the New Year. I mean, so there, there were still huge constraints on them. So, I mean, you so know. they shouldn't at, have announced them. Yeah. It was interesting, though, that he pointed out of that as a – a mitigation to a certain extent of the uh, of the Mac figure. Um, it sounded like if I didn't, am not if I'm recalling this correctly, that the portables actually took a drop in the past quarter, um, and the iMac sold pretty well, um, but that they still end up slightly, you know, flat to slightly down. So uh, I think it's clear that you know there was demand for that iMac certainly, um, and that's unusual because the, we've seen the desktop market sort of constrict uh, a lot in the last few years. Right. I, well, I was going to ask this later on in the podcast, but we might as well bring it up now since we're talking the Mac business. Uh, I believe IDC said the overall PC market contracted by about fourteen percent in the uh, January right. to March quarter. Uh, Apple uh, slightly down, but essentially flat. And um, uh, one of the points Tim Cook brought up in the in the Q and A session was that they still uh, uh, see a lot of potential. They don't view the Mac business or the PC business in general as a as a dead. Uh, business and that there's still a lot to do there. It's, do we agree with him or is he is he whistling past the graveyard? I think that the trickier is that it's certainly a lot more of a mature market. I mean, PCs have been on the desktop for, you know, 20, 30 years now. So we've seen a lot of innovation there and it's slowed, right? I mean, innovation has clearly slowed. It's not dead, but the innovation right now is happening in the mobile space, in the portable space. Um, and in some ways, I always think it's funny. This is something that occurs to me every time I go into our uh, our behind-the-scenes little CMS and filling out categories, and I enter the computers category, which I always find kind of hilarious because it's like, well, technically, all these you know smartphones, tablets, they're all computers, right? Like, really? Um, it's just that they, they come in a different shaped box. So I, I think this idea of having a, you know, a computer that sits on your lap or sits on your desk, it's common, but it's not where the action is. Um, and so there's certainly a chance for them to do things like they pointed out the retina display on the on the iMac and the Mac Pro. 
or sorry, on the on the MacBooks. Um, and so I think that's a big part of it. You know, they're they're looking at what can we what can we sort of wring out of this that we that we still have left. And people are going to have these things, but I think it all goes back to that Steve Jobs analogy from a few years ago, where he compared the you know the PC is more of a truck to the to the car that is your mobile device, your smartphone. You're going to take those things with you no matter where you go. And maybe it's, you know, less frequently you're using that desktop or that laptop, but there's still times when you need that thing. So they're going to try to figure out sort of where's the where's the remaining play in that market. I think Dan has figured out the strategy for Dell, Lenovo and HP now, which is to create computers that can fit inside a tablet shaped box. I thought you were going to say they should make trucks and yes. then like, just go straight for it. Problem solved. Use more car the... metaphors, so, please. <laughs> see, the, the, um, I, I think it's interesting to look at this that, that Cook was saying you know, maybe when we're in a world where people are using uh, tablets and smartphones more, that that opens up more of a market for Apple because Apple's still innovating on laptops and desktops in a way that most of the PC makers have sort of given up. And that once your computing life is spread across uh, a tablet and a smartphone, I think whether it's an Apple or, or even an Android tablet or smartphone, your tie to Windows is less and you may – have le- less concern about platform and and then the Macs are more innovative and interesting and you may they may sell more Macs. So I think he's considering that there may be some cannibalization here, which I think is not a bad idea. I think if Apple is the only one that is doing anything notable in computers, a- as computers um, uh, become less relevant or, or – sorry, Dan, PCs and Macs become less relevant – uh, to to the overall population, there's an opportunity for Apple there. That that it may you you may see that there are like corporate fleets of computers that are PCs from Dell or HP, and that in the consumer market, Apple may just keep on just taking more and more of that market. Because if you're just a person who wants a computer, you may just go into the Apple store and buy it. I think there's a big opportunity for there. But let it let's all be clear here. I think. You know, computers over time, as we think of them now, are going to become less relevant to a lot of people's lives. Quite frankly, the only things that I use my computer for now that I that mandate that I use it are editing audio and video stuff, and um, and and like managing a giant photo library. I've got a few things, but I can count them now. And for a lot of people, they they just don't have that need at all or they won't have that need soon. So, you know, I think the Mac has some business opportunity here and I think it's great that Apple is still investing in in innovation on the Mac side. But, you know, there's a reason Apple's – so much of Apple's business now is in tablets and smartphones. And and on the number side, I mean, if you look at that overall picture from the last couple of years, 4 million is – pretty much about where they're sitting most quarters yeah. when it comes to max sales. So yeah. they're slightly down, but they did, you know, in the last five quarters, they've done, you know, four quarters. They're within, you know, 100,000 of 4 million. So right. max sales are steady. I mean, like, and that's right. pretty it's good. Steady, steady in, a, in a dropping market. Yeah, and sure. they, uh, repeatedly, yeah, exactly. and the they repeatedly outperform the overall PC market. Yeah, well, I, which is it, a point Apple likes to make. Yeah, every so often somebody asks me about how uh, how MacWorld is doing, uh, like on the newsstand, and I'll say, well, <laughs> the newsstand magazine market is terrible, and so you know, MacWorld even even staying steady or going down a little bit is way better than everybody else, right? And it's the same scenario here. It's it's you're in a market that is changing, and sometimes being steady is great because your competition isn't. In in the land of the blind, the one the one eyed man is king. Um, <laughs> Said Tim Cook with an eye patch. The yeah. one the one button mouse is king. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, 
Okay, so Apple isn't doomed, and we're all there are positives to be found in these numbers. Are there any areas of concern in Apple's uh, uh, earnings performance from this past quarter? First time in a decade that uh, that income has fallen year over year. Back then, I, I was looking up the article. It was uh, it was two thousand three. Fred Anderson was the chief financial officer. There was no iTunes Store at the time. Um. Uh, they had just uh, just come out with the just uh, uh, the iPod was just taking off then. It was an interesting yeah, time. Those, those iPod sales, are and not you could buy Apple stock for thirteen dollars a share in two thousand three. Yeah, um, yeah. The, well, the iPod is an interesting question too because it's one of those things where it's like it just you know it keeps getting smaller and smaller, but they're not going to get rid of it. It uh, still exists, yeah. right? Spe- and speaking of it's really speaking of the one eyed man touch, in the kingdom basically. of the blind. Yeah, right. I mean, it, they're doing quite well in that space, but it is one of those spaces that eventually is, it seems like is probably, probably going to cease to exist. But they've done such a good job of moving over to, you know, smartphones and tablets that it doesn't matter. Like, you know, 10 years ago, if we'd said, oh, the iPod market's going to crash, everyone would have been like, then their Apple is doomed. But now, you know, nobody even remembers the iPod. Right. Poor iPod. Tra- but traditional iPods are, 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 you know, all but gone. I mean, it's it's 5.6 million um like and half of which is the, the iPod Touch, right? I think they said most. So, most, okay. Yeah. So like ninety <laughs> percent. I would assume they also do a fair business with the shuffles, just because the shuffle serves a very specific purpose. I don't know. I can't imagine that the Nano and the and the old old that faithful classic is driving. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like yeah. it's like DJs and runners. Yeah. Actually, I was going to say, and this this is sorry, this is veering a little bit from trouble spots, but it was also they they talked a lot about services this time, which was unusual for them because they talked about how much money they were bringing in for all the stores combined. In that, it was significant enough. You know, in the past, they've often said they run the stores at break even or slightly above break even. And this time they were touting what it was like four billion dollars in in revenue, right? I think for the quarter. Uh, yeah, I think that was four billion for the, the all of their digital, all of this, right? All the services, right? Which is, I mean, nothing to sneeze at. No. Um, and so, I mean, the services are an interesting point because I think they're they are very important to the ecosystem, which is you know I think we've seen a lot of talk about in the recent days of Apple and its ecosystem being sort of the most important component of what it does. It's not just it's any it's not in any individual piece of hardware or software, but it's the combination of the hardware and software and services. And the services often get short shrift in part because um, you know some of them fail spectacularly from time to time, um, but. You know, they aren't necessarily money makers, but we're seeing, you know, especially now that we're right around the corner from the 10th anniversary of the iTunes store, which they, I believe they brought up on the call. Um, it's interesting to realize how much of that behind the scenes is is very, very important to Apple's success in selling its products. It's just that it can put together an experience. And they talked a lot about experience and that being a really important part. And that's what they thought they could bring to the table is, and, you know, these things that other companies can't do. Um, so it's interesting to me that there was such a, high emphasis on that this time around any concerns about um mind share and market share in the smartphone business i know that some of the wall street analysts were trying to to make some hay there in the question and answer period with uh with android uh muscling aside the iphone in some areas I, I, Jason, Jason has a lemony look on his face. He has a lemony look. I, yeah, so. I, well, I had a, there was a Twitter troll yesterday who was who kept asking me, and I was gonna I was gonna mute him for my Twitter list, and I found out he was already muted, <laughs> um, and, and yet he was still appearing. 
so I blocked him. But he was he was like Apple back a few for the last ten years. Apple has had one hundred percent mind share, but they've they've lost it now. And it's like you know, okay, no, in so many different ways, that's that's not accurate. You know, Apple does have competition. Although Apple's had competition for a while now. Three years ago, it was like, oh, what what's going to happen with droids? The droids are going to take over, and now it's oh Samsung and Sam. You know, Samsung knows how to make money in the mobile phone market, and Apple knows how to make money in the mobile phone market. I, 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 I'm not quite sure if you look at the numbers, you can't say that anything has happened other than Samsung eating away the lunch of all the other Android phone makers in terms of profits. So, you know, Apple has competitors. Apple was not going to sit there with the only smartphone for, for 10 years. It was not going to happen. Um, I, I think it's – I think Apple needs to keep innovating with iOS. I think Apple needs to keep innovating with their hardware. But – um, I, again, I think it's I think you you see people who want to tell this story, and and it always comes back to why can't Apple be like somebody else? So it's like why can't Apple be like Samsung and have fifteen different handsets? Well, Apple's not Samsung. Apple's not doesn't have the people that Samsung has. It doesn't have the same product mix that Samsung has. It's a very different kind of company. And, and it's if you very look at the numbers, not it's being Samsung, <laughs> doing pretty well, like pretty darn well with its business. So uh, the, the, there's a lot of confusion. And the Macalope goes into this on a regular basis on on Macworld.com. That there's this confusion that market share some somehow directly leads to a business's success. And there's some companies out there that have lots of market share in Android and aren't making any money. And Apple doesn't play that game. Apple's goal, like I said earlier, they want to walk that line. They don't want to give away uh, people who could be in their ecosystem. But at the same time, if there's a market like the netbook market back in the day that was like, we can sell a lot of these things and not make any money on them, Apple's not interested. They don't play that game. They're not interested in that, in that game. It's not what they do. And so, you know, I do think Apple's got stuff it needs to do, but I, I don't think that we need to sit here and say Apple needs to be like other companies or every every year Apple needs to come up with a category redefining product because that's not that's not real either that's another invented thing uh, that people people have made up to fit this narrative speaking of new products and apple coming up with them it sounds like um if you if you do like new products you're gonna you're gonna be in for a little bit of a wait according to tim cook um (laughs) when he was pressed for uh for details on what Apple has in its pipeline, and Apple is enthusiastic about its upcoming products. The the phrase he kept using is, we've got a great lineup of products uh, for fall, this fall, and well into 2014. But we're only in April, friends. Fall is six months away. It's not even summer so yet. long to wait. Well, th- there are a number of places. I mean, and he did talk at some point. There were a couple tips of the hat towards new product categories as well, and which for them, you know, often means really something different uh something that is not what they are already doing but an yeah, apple does... tv <laughs> <laughs> well gene munster i'm glad you asked gene um, munster has to be sad now that whenever they say new product category people say watch what? instead of television set. It's like, <laughs> no! well, he tried to nail down tim cook yesterday which was kind of hilarious because there were these there were a couple of really awkward silences when he was asking his question, i heard you say a new product category right we're already in that business right with the um, apple tv so yeah, but it does sound like the fall is really when they're targeting, and that's not so shocking. I mean, Apple had a really big fall last year, and so a lot of their products have seen refreshes recently um, because we got the iPad Mini, and we got the iPhone 5, and we got the new iMac. You know, we got all that stuff. I think the 13-inch MacBook Pro with Retina Display too. We got all that, like, in September and October. Um, so we're not... We're just sort of hitting the the point now where we've got like the six month window of like, well, do they 
issue minor updates. So they speed bump their Macs and stuff like that. But uh, releasing a new phone or a new tablet in six months, though they did it last year with the fourth generation iPad, which was kind of a strange aberration. I don't think that we're at that point yet where they're they're really gotten down to that. I mean, they really seem to be releasing, especially the iPads and the iPhones on sort of a yearly basis. So in that way, it's not shocking that we're, we're going to wait till fall uh, to see something like that. Uh, the big question for me, and um, obviously on, on Wednesday morning we had the announcement about WWDC for this year, which will happen in June, and which did say that that basically you know developers will get a chance to play with the new versions of iOS and OS X. So I think this summer is really going to be it seems like software focused to me. Right. So maybe we'll see announcements about that, and then you know something will ship later in the summer, but that the hardware is going to come after. And this has been the path they've been on a little, for a little while now, right? Which is you do right. your OS releases in the summer. You actually give the developers the summer to uh, stay inside and not get a sunburn because they're very pale. And uh, I love developers, but come on. So they, they, so they stay inside except for Craig Hockenberry who will be like diving somewhere. And, uh, and then in the fall – the new OS will ship with the new hardware, which is what you want, right? You don't want to do what they did with the iPad, where the iPad came out in the spring and and it had the old OS on it. And when the exciting new OS came out in the fall, the iPad users were like, well, no, you need to wait a little while, right? It was – it was right. they don't want to – you don't want to have them out of sync like that. So it, it does make a lot of sense for Apple to do that. It would not um – be shocking. I I and and you can tell me if it would be shocking if at WWDC in June Apple were to say come out with that rumored Mac Pro successor that Tim Cook no. alluded to in that, Legend that and a Song a year ago. Yeah, I mean, that's a developer audience is one of their primary professional audiences, right? Aside from sort of you know pro level creatives like video and and things like that. And so the developers are a huge swath of that, and there are people they are people who will respond very positively to that. Whereas I can very easily imagine if Apple tried to throw a you know a press conference and was like, all right, we're here to talk about the new Mac Pro, you get a lot of people you know in the press going. What? No iPhones? No iPads? What are we here for? I mean, the Mac Pro is a niche of a of a you know market that we were already discussing is steady to down. So you know, taking a small slice of that is not exactly going to set the press on fire. But the developers, I think, will really appreciate it, especially if it's coupled with, hey, we're we're here today to talk to you about this new version of OS 10 you can guys develop for, and here's some hardware you can do your development on. Sold, done. You know, I think that's I think that's what we're looking at. So we um. We started out the podcast by talking about how Apple is doomed. Um, I thought we could finish by talking about whether Tim Cook is doomed because that seems to be the narrative in the in the business press right now. Depending on whom you read, he's either on thin ice or they're they're already talking successors, and it it it, it, it seems crazy talk to me. But I. I if we if we ruled out crazy talk, what would we have to uh, to giggle about amongst ourselves? So, is it your perception at all, Jason, that uh, that we're about to 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 have a leadership shakeup at Apple? Wasn't it established that the person who was the source of this was like a somebody who had links to Samsung, and they were like. I mean, it, 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 it's it, it's made up, it, or, or no, it was somebody who's short on Apple who was making a profit on Apple stock going down. It's all it's it's it, that's what's going on here. It, it has no basis in reality. The 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 uh, Apple continues to make money, and in the way Steve Jobs structured Apple's board, <laughs> I mean, Apple's right. board is not one of these groups that's all about outsiders who are who you know who are underwater with their stock 
you know, with their shares, and that's just not how Apple and its board of directors operates. I, I you know, Apple's still a machine that makes huge amounts of money, and uh, uh, you don't. Apple's not a company that fires its CEO because the stock price went down. Because if it was, it wouldn't be Apple; it would be some other terrible company. N- none of those people <laughs> on that board are gonna vote to throw out Tim Cook. Not a single person on the board is dumb enough to throw out Tim Cook. I mean, you know, like like Jason's saying, the, the that board is there for a reason and you know, it's filled with a lot of smart people who are there to advise on certain capacities, but none of them are this is not the Apple board that's gonna like stage a coup. You know, this is not the John Scully uh, throws out <laughs> Steve Jobs narrative. You know, Steve Jobs learned his lesson there, I think, and and the way the board is constructed. And they, the, every, people on the board know how Apple works and know what Apple's about. And, you know, you, you actually, that's been influential. You see that a lot on other, other tech company boards. I think Google being the best example where when they went public, they said, look, we're not going to, you know, we're in this for the long term and we're, we're not, <laughs> we're not going to listen to investors who are freaking out about the share price because we're going to look at the, at the big picture. And, and I think that's true with Apple too. Well, and keep in mind, and I think this, this dovetails nicely into that, this whole effort by Apple to repurchase so much stock. Um, it seems like to a certain extent that there's an amount of control going on, right? We, you know, in terms of having consolidating and investing in Apple, but I think it, I, I'm not as well versed in the corporate governance issues, but, you know, at a certain point, you know, if they reduce the amount of stock, they reduce the amount of, you know, complaints about this from investors. So I wonder if that's not a part of it is like, you know, we want to make ourselves less dependent on the, the sort of the whims of the market. I will note that John Scully is 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 available for any CEO uh, position. You, we, we got a great you know, we have Scully. Emilio is probably still around. They should create a yeah. three president structure yes. like BlackBerry had. <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah, co CEOs. If if one head is good, then three heads must be yeah. better. Spindler, Scully, Emilio. Yeah, a triumph. <laughs> Scully, Emilio, like ancient Rome. Yeah. That went yeah, great for them, by the it way. It worked out well. The Roman Empire is Rome, has never been better. Is Rome doomed? Flourishing yeah. today. <laughs> I I think the fact that we're talking about ancient Rome now um, signals that we've 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 pretty much discussed all of all of Apple's earnings that that we can. Yeah, I have one last oh, point that no. I wanted to make. But wait, there's no, more. No, sir. Go, go right ahead. Uh, just that when we're talking about growth and we're talking about growth potential and you said investors look for growth, mm-hmm. uh, the one number that impressed me was that um, Apple's growth in China, their, which they now break out the greater China re- region, it was the best quarter that they've had in greater China. They did $8.8 billion in revenue in greater China up 11% year on year and one of the knocks on Apple in the past has been that it did a bad job in China and that it couldn't crack China and it couldn't figure out and and, it, and its uh, strategy of having premium products wouldn't work in China because people in China are going to buy you know cheaply made Chinese products well Apple has focused on China and Apple is succeeding in China and so people who are saying that Apple has growth limitations because they've been so successful in the past and how much more room is there, I guess I would point to China and say it looks to me like Apple is really getting into China. I think we've seen some uh, some attempts for Apple to turn around the iPhone's uh, fate in India where it hasn't been much of a player. Brazil as well. 
and in Brazil. So Apple is uh, – the knock on Apple, one of the knocks on Apple was always that it wasn't going to ever work in emerging markets. And uh, I don't think it's true. And I think China is a good example. That may have been true in the past, but they are uh, really focused on those those three markets especially. And they're having great success in China. And there's a lot of people in China. So I think that's a really good uh, sign for Apple's future growth. There's a, there's a lot of people in China, and with insights like that, I think we will. Yes. Uh, I think we can uh, bring this this podcast to a conclusion. Uh, thank you very much, Jason Snell, for for stopping by. I'm happy to be here. And don't, I, don't be a stranger. I w- I will not. And uh, Dan Morin, thank you as always for joining us. Why? Thank you. And thank you, listener. Most of all. Most of all, because you're here every week, as are we. And uh, we'll be back next week with the Macworld Podcast. Until then, take care. Take care.